Good morning. Welcome to Church in the Valley. We're glad that you're here to uh, worship with us this morning. I hope you guys had a a good Christmas together with your families. Um, But I have to admit, Christmas comes, and it's about Christmas Eve, and I start already getting disappointed that Christmas is going to be over. Anyone else get that depressed feeling? It's like you open the gifts, and it's all done. You look at the tree, and there's nothing under there, and you're just like, let's take it all down. Put the decorations back in the box. Let's open them next year. You go around stores and like the decorations and the lights, they're off. Stores just are back to normal. Went to Costco about two weeks before Christmas, a week before Christmas, and there's just Christmas decor everywhere. And it's like everything you could want is in Costco. And you go back, right, I went yesterday, and there's nothing. You wouldn't even know Christmas just happened two days before. So, you know, it can be depressing. Um... But you know what? What I've, what I've discovered is I can't rely on that good feeling of Christmas or that warm, fuzzy feeling I have when I spend time with those people I love, although that's good. Uh, there's more to, to life than, than just that, that one day that we spend together, uh, even though that gift represents really the life that we have in Jesus Christ. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, the end of the year and how we can reflect on that uh, in the right way. We, we face kind of interesting time as a nation. Um, if you read the newspaper or you turn on the news, it, it's kind of depressing right now. I mean, there's stuff going on throughout the world um, that is tough. We look at our economy as a state. Has anyone wondered, are we still going to be a state in a month or so? You, know? you read the newspaper and you're like, well, I guess we'll just be independent, floating there. They always say we're going to break off and go in the ocean. So, um, but it can be depressing. You, you, you read the headlines and you look at the economy and it's just, it's tough. That can lead to frustration or disappointment or being disillusioned with our current times. I know I, I face that or I fight that. Uh, and for a lot of us, what happens at the end of the year is we, we start to, to think, man, I just, I need a little, I need a break from all this. I need a little R&R. And if you look on the front of your program, that's what the name of this series is going to be over the next two weeks. But it's not what you might think as far as, you know, being, I can't even remember what R&R stands for now. Rest and relaxation. It's important. Um, you know, we think, I, just, I need a break from all this. But what you find is, is while rest and relaxation is really important, um, as Christians and as followers of Christ, it's also really important to take the time to reflect and to recharge. This week we're going to look at what it means to reflect, take a spiritual inventory of our lives. Next week we're going to look at how do we face the year and, and recharge um, as we move into the future, as we face what the new year brings. If you have the outline, you can follow along. Uh, we're going to take some time to look really at how the Bible helps, helps us to take a spiritual inventory. Uh, we're going to be looking at Psalm 34, uh, which is a psalm from David. And David was a guy that went through a lot of circumstances in his life that caused a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. He did a lot of things that screwed up his life, uh, but God still used him. And what David did in the book of Psalms, which is right in the middle of your Bible, is he wrote a lot of times on what he thought about his circumstances, what he thought about God. And he really gives us some good insight on how we do the same thing in the current times we face individually what you're going through, the trouble you may be facing, the pain, the frustration, uh, even as 
a state, as a nation, in the world, all these things that we're facing, how do we take all that and funnel it in a way that honors God and allows us to, to stay focused on what we need to do? Uh, so we're going to dig in. Psalm 34, uh, verses 1 through 3. I'm going to set up this a little bit. This is one of my favorite intros. If you're in your, uh, your Bible, before verse 1, it gives like a brief description of this psalm. And this is one of the best descriptions I've ever seen. Before Psalm 34, it says, A psalm of David, when he pretended to be insane before King Abimelech. And isn't that the greatest intro ever? He wrote this as he's pretending to be insane. That gives me hope. I think, you know what? If he's thinking that, he's kind of insane. I'm not doing that bad. I'm halfway there, but I still got hope. So as I read that, you know, it gave me, gave me some hope. Well, what you realize is in this psalm, he's fleeing from King Saul, who's basically trying to kill him. So what he does, and this might have not been the smartest part of David's life, but he goes and flees to the Philistines, which are the enemy of the Israelites. So he flees King Saul, who's trying to kill him, and he goes to the Philistines, who are under this king, King Abimelech. What he realizes is, he fleed one guy and then went into his enemy's hands. And he's realizing, oh, great, I've got pressure from both sides, and both these guys are trying to kill me. So what do I do? I just pretend I'm crazy. And you read in First Samuel, I mean, he, he starts drooling and all crazy things. And then both sides are like, whoa, let's not mess with this guy. Something's not right. And that really sets up this backdrop. But what you find is, in the midst of his circumstances and all the things that he's facing and the things that are being thrown his way... He writes this beautiful psalm that shows us, despite all the things that were happening, this is really his perspective. So we're going to dig into that. First thing, when you really want to reflect on just where you're at in your life, whether you've been trying to check out what it means to follow God or you've been following God for a long time, first thing you need to do is check, check your focus. Uh, do I have the right focus? Psalm 34, verses 1 through 3, as, as David is in the midst of this turmoil, he writes this. He writes, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. You see, he had the opportunity in all that he was facing to really take the time of God, my life is falling apart. I don't know what to do. I'm in trouble. But instead, he really chooses to turn his attention to God. His focus is on praising him. If you check out the, the verbs in that, bless, praise, boast, rejoice, magnify, exalt. The word bless there, there means really he's kneeling. He's, he's recognizing his place before God. I will bless the Lord at all times. Basically, I'll, I'll lower myself before God because he is God and I'm not. And he is bigger than me and my troubles. Uh, the word boast is really raving about God. Really, when we boast about ourselves or about our kids or things that we do, it's an exaggeration uh, a lot of times. We exaggerate what we've done to make us look better or to make someone else look good. Well, when we boast in God, you can never exaggerate how good God is. I mean, that's pretty amazing. You can never boast enough that it actually exaggerates what he does. And that's what, what David's saying is, I will boast in the Lord. I will exaggerate, but it's not even an exaggeration. This is really who he is. You ever been around somebody that, that boasts? And it, it is kind of annoying, especially because it's usually not about you. 
Now, some of us on you, it's like, man, that's just the best thing I've ever heard. About someone else, you're like, do they ever be quiet? But what, what David's saying is, I will boast in the Lord. And then you, you find the humble will hear it and rejoice. This idea that when you boast in God, the people who are looking for hope, the people that are, are really the hopeless, those that are in pain or disillusioned, when you boast in who God is, and you explain his goodness, people find hope in that. It's really the only thing that you can boast in, and it doesn't annoy people. Because God is worthy of that. Uh, the word magnify, oh, come let us magnify. Well, when you magnify something, you, you really make that thing large and everything else is small. And that's really what David's doing. He's, let us magnify the Lord together. Let's make God bigger than everything else that we have to focus on. So right now, the things that you're, you're dealing with, uh, your relationships, the trouble that they may, you may be facing in that, or maybe just apathy in your life and maybe just pain or hurt, the things that you've been facing, the greatest way to deal with the right focus is to make God bigger despite all those things. Magnify Him. Your circumstances are big. You have to make God bigger. And you do that based on who He is and His character. Um, different, different perspective, isn't it? I don't know about you, but when I faced trouble like David would have faced, it would have been just one psalm that reads like this. Oh! Like an A and an H the whole time. You know, David didn't do that. He had the right perspective. Instead of whining and, and having that why me? He's saying, you know what? I'm going to turn my attention to God. And that really is a good word. At this time in our lives, at the end of the year, despite all the things that we wanted to accomplish or we want to accomplish, the things that we thought we would be doing that we're not doing, you know, when you take spiritual inventory, you basically say, you know, I'm going to cast that aside and I'm going to lift your name up, God. I'm going to make you in the place that you are because you are bigger than all of this. Um, how, how can you take inventory of your life? Uh, there's a few things that I've done in my own life and have been a, a real help. Uh, one of the things you can do if you really want to take an inventory just to find out where you're at in your relationship with God is, is take a half day of your life. And here, here's, here's the kicker. Don't take your cell phone. Don't take any technology with you. Take a half day and really pray before God. Read the Bible and find out where you are. I did this uh, about a year ago now. I just took a half day and I didn't have my cell phone. And it was like the weirdest thing ever. I I started asking myself, what did people do without cell phones? I mean, it just didn't feel right. Like, what what if someone needed me? I started realizing, oh, man, this is stressful. I'm, so I, I went on the Metrolink. I went down to L.A., and I just walked. I didn't have a car. I just walked. I kind of felt like an Amish a little bit, you know. No cell phone, no car. I'm walking. Remember that? Remember those days I used to walk? Um, and I, I just asked God, God, show me where I am spiritually. Show me the things that, that I need to change and it was amazing. I, I received so much hope from that, just from getting away and getting before God. Scriptures talk about that as being still and knowing that He is God. And in these times, it's so, it's so hard to do that because we're connected. It's never in the history of our world that we've been more connected. 
to everyone at all times. You know, you go on that half-day retreat, and it's like you've got to change your Facebook status. I'm on my half-day retreat. And then you update it. I'm coming off of it. It was a good half-day retreat, you know. And that's what we feel. It's just we, we have to always keep updated with everything at all times and everyone. The problem with that is sometimes we're so focused on disconnected to everything and, and all this technology, and it's just noise. So I encourage you, take, take a half-day retreat. Another way you can take inventory is, is ask God to show you any sin that you need to confess. Uh, Psalm 38, 18. It's not on the, the PowerPoint, but it says, I confess my iniquity. I am troubled by my sin. Uh, this idea of troubled is it's a weight. One of the ways that you can renew your focus is ask God to show you, is there anything in your life that's not pleasing to him? Is there something that you're doing that you've done that you've not cleared up with God or with someone else? And that weight that's weighing on you, God will remove as you deal with it rightly. So ask God to show you that. Um, David talks about, come magnify the Lord with me. A great way to renew your focus is get around people that want to walk with God, that really want to grow in Him, and talk about what God is doing with those people. This idea of magnify is... You, you get together with other people, and it's, it's more than just coming on a Sunday and singing. But during your life, you're asking people, you know, what, what's God doing in your life? And as people share that, you get encouraged. And as you share that with them, they get encouraged. And what you find is, is this idea of magnifying the Lord together really provides a lot of momentum for your spiritual life. This is what the Bible calls fellowship. Getting together with those people of like heart and focusing on the right things. Um, David also talks about the humble will hear and rejoice when you boast in God. One of the, the great ways to renew your focus is uh, keep a close watch on your, your character, your attitude. One of the things I was thinking through this morning as I was thinking through this is, what have my statements been like over the last week? What are my comments like? Am I complaining? Am I talking a lot about myself and how good I am? Am I serving people? Am I offended easily because I'm not getting my needs met? Do I have goals that are blocked and that's frustrating me? I just started looking at, you know, what, what are the, the, the tension points in my life and what causes that? What David is doing is he's painting a picture that when you bless the Lord, when you magnify Him, the humble rejoice in that. See, without humility, that stuff's meaningless to us. Because when we're trying to be as big as God, it, it doesn't work. And so one of the things you can do is check, check your character, your attitude, and what, what's been going on in your, in your heart. Ask God to show you that. Um, Proverbs 3.34, God uh, is talking. He says he, he mocks proud mockers but gives grace to the humble. That's a description of God. He gives grace to the humble. If you're facing difficult times and you're at a crossroads in what you're going on in your life and you're in a new phase, I don't know about you, but I, I want grace from God. I want slack. God gives grace to those that are humble. So that's, that's one way. You, you look at your focus. Take some time away from everything. Ask God to show you where you're at. Ask Him to show, really, your heart, what's going on in the depths of who you are. Uh, second thing, David talks about, really, the, the character of God. Another way that you can really reflect on what God has done in your life and who God is, is you ask the question, what, what am I thankful for? 
And David describes really this great picture of who God is. If you've been checking out Christianity, you want to know what that relationship looks like. You know, you ever wondered, how do I have a relationship with someone who I can't see and I don't hear audibly? How does that work? Well, what David does is he describes this relationship and how active it is. Psalm 34, verse 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. So this is basically, you want to know really who this God is of Christianity. David describes just his own experience with him in these three verses. Uh, Verse 4, he came to God, David did, and God heard him and provided help. Uh, This idea of I sought the Lord, that word sought is I frequent, I I tread it often. I I came to God a lot of times and he heard me. Uh, That's the idea there. Uh, Verse 5, I I really like this verse. Basically, verse 5 says, those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. That idea of shame is you're you're disappointed to the point where you're, you're blushing. Have you ever been disappointed by someone or something that happened that it caused you to blush because you were, you were ashamed or you were embarrassed or disappointed? What David's saying is that those who follow God and really want to live by his word, they will never blush or be embarrassed by God. We'll be embarrassed by all those people in our lives, but God is never one of them. And he, David's saying, I, I will not be embarrassed by my circumstances, because God will come through. Uh, verse 6, this, this idea of the, this poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The word trouble there really refers to this picture of a tight spot. Whatever our tight spots are, those, those times in our life where we're just not sure how we're going to get out, and it doesn't seem like there's anywhere to go. Remember that Star Wars movie where, you know, they're, they're in the trash compactor? You guys know that? It's like the coolest thing ever, and it's just going to crush him. There's that weird snake monster thing. And right before it's going to crush him, it, it stops, and they escape. That's really the picture that, that, that I get. That may not be your picture. As I said, that's really the picture they're saying. It's not, because Star Wars wasn't around. But that's what I think. This trash compactor, and you're thinking, uh-oh, squish. And David's saying, you know, you will be relieved from your troubles. The trash compactor will not be able to crush you. No matter what you're facing, you choose to be thankful because you know God will not crush you. He won't embarrass you by leaving you, and he won't allow you to be crushed by what you're going through. Um, this is great, too, verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he, and he delivers them. There are angels, and there are demons. And this, this angel that here encamps is really a picture of a military uh, command or brigade that camps around right before they're going to attack. And there are little fortress there in their tents. Well, this is kind of what David is saying is just like people in the military camp before they're going to attack, the angel camps around us, protects us. So God is actively involved to the point where he sends his angels to protect us. That's something to be thankful for. 
we're not just dealing with the wars of the world, but the fact that God sends his holy warriors, the angels, on our behalf. That's very powerful. That's what we should thank God for. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we look at what David says, and he's basically saying, this is the real God whom you can trust. So in your own life, how, how can you choose to be thankful? Well, a few things. Um, how has God answered your prayers in the past month? How has he answered them? Uh, how has he answered your prayers in the last six months, in the last year? One of the things I do is I try to frequently write down certain prayers that I'm asking God for. And I write a little T. And on one side it has my requests, and on the other it has the answers. And as I write these requests, I go back a month or two, sometimes six, sometimes a year, and I look through these requests. And it's amazing to see how God answers those prayers that sometimes I haven't even remembered, I asked. One of the ways we'd be thankful is we see how God has answered your prayers. Um, the other thing, this past year, what, what fears have you faced and how has God helped you with those? It could be in your finances. You weren't sure how things were going to come together. It could be in a relationship. Maybe you were having trouble with someone in your life and you were fearful of that situation. When you were around that person or when you knew you were going to have to deal with that, it just gave you a lump in your throat. How has God relieved that? Or how has he helped you in that circumstance? Um, with your future, you know, were there some fears that you had about what you were going to be doing in your life and have they been answered? Take the time to, to give God credit for how active he's been in your life and thank him for that. Uh, so those are some suggestions. You can... Obviously, do some things that make sense to you, but take the time to really focus on how God has specifically helped you recently in this past year and thank him for that. Uh, Psalm 34, verses 8 and 9, the next part, David really talks about not, how do we, not only how do we just focus on God, how do we choose to be thankful, but he really talks about an experience with God. How do we experience God? Basically, how do we take a next step and this is what he says in verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack no nothing. This idea is uh, taste and perceive. It's, it's this idea of you, you're not just taking David's word for it. He's described who God is, his experiences, how God has come through how he praises God. And then he, verse 8, he's saying, but don't take my word for it. Taste and see. Basically, what I've said is true. Experience it for yourself. That may be where, where you're at. You may be, you know, you're seeing people in a relationship with God and you may be kind of on the fringe just thinking, I don't know if that's for me. One of the ways it works is you can't experience these, these things that David's talking about until you enter in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe part of your next step is, you know, I've got to take that next step to really taste and see and experience God myself. Because I don't know about you, those, those things that David describes, I want in my life. I don't want my fears to overcome me. I don't want to be embarrassed by the things that are happening in my life, but rather trust in God. Uh, this idea, take refuge, trust in God, have, have a real and active relationship. Our relationship with God can get dry. 
we may not be spending time with him. One of the ways that we get to know God is, is we read the Bible. That's God's handbook about himself. And so we read that and we get to know that. That's how we taste and see who God is. We, we, we also pray to him. David did this. He, David knew who God was. Because as he's talking about God, he knows that's who God is. And he's not just speaking of something he's heard, but what he's lived. So we know who God was. And then he, he says, I cried out to the Lord in this psalm. So he, he prayed. So David's encouraging how you taste and see as you, you know who God is. You do that by reading his word. You cry out to him. That's prayer. Then he even talks about what we read earlier. Oh, come magnify the Lord with me. This idea of you get together with other people. These are some ways that you can take next steps. Is how, how is your time with God reading his, his word? How is your time with God in prayer? Crying out to him. Recognizing who he is. Uh, what about the time that you're spending with other people who will challenge you in your walk with God? That will encourage you. Are you isolated? You kind of feel like you just don't want to be around people. That happens. But take the time to, to really see, okay, if I'm not around people and I'm just by myself, I feel all alone because I am all alone. It's amazing how God uses people to really encourage you. Uh, the other way you grow is by sharing who God is with others. And that's what, what David's doing this whole time is he's, he's telling people that are hopeless that are looking for something else, come check this out. This is for real. But the people in your life that you just see that they are struggling, they are under a weight of their life. There's just things that are just piling up on them. Can you share with them and, and echo David's words? Taste and see that the Lord is good. There may be some of those people in your life. Um, one of the ways to reflect is, is basically like any relationship. Are you spending time with God, your Heavenly Father? There's times with my daughter where I just, I'm not spending enough time and our relationship, we're, we're not on the same page or with my wife or with friends. And the same is true with God. There's sometimes this distance that we have with God because we're just here and, and He's there, it feels like. What David's saying is the bridge of that gap is choosing to be thankful for what God's done. So take the time to do that. There's some next steps that you can take. I've mentioned some already. Um, on your connection card, if you'd like to fill out that connection card and, and put some next steps, I'd love to pray with you or for you this next week. I won't come knocking on your door praying. But I will pray as you intend to do that. Uh, some of those... Uh, the first one is, I need to thank God for blank. What has God done that you need to thank him for? Give God credit where, where he's acted on your behalf. So you can jot that down, whatever that is. It could be a situation, something he's provided. It could be a person. Uh, the next thing is, I will ask God for help with a specific fear. One of the ways that we really make sure that our relationship with him is intact is, those things that are just overwhelming us, we ask God for help in. Like in the midst of our drowning, we, we, have, we have to get the, the life jacket. Okay? And that's, that's what, what God is for us. He provides us relief from those fears. 
Um, next thing is I want to work on spiritual disciplines. This is something I, I deal with on a regular basis is just how do I make sure I'm spending time with God? After you take the time to reflect on that, you may take time in the first 30 seconds, well, I haven't spent time with you in a long time, God. Don't just say, well, that was a good reflection. Wow, that was helpful. Take the time to, to spend that time with him. Uh, that could be, you maybe want to work on your prayer life, trying to do that daily, five minutes a day. Think of something specific, a specific goal. Or I want to spend time in the Bible, ten minutes a day, every day. And set a goal for yourself. Now, the last thing is I'll memorize Psalm 34, 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. That, that's a reminder to me that, you know, this, this thing of following God is an, is an experience that I have to be actively involved in every day as his son. So maybe that's just to memorize that. Take the time, I encourage you, in the next week or so, the next two weeks, to, to read through this psalm if you have time. And take those things that we've talked about and have a dialogue with God. And you'll find, man, that there's a lot of hope. And there's a lot of just gratitude that you have that really helps you launch into the new year. Let's pray together. God, you are completely good to us. And it's not based on our merit or what we've done, but on the fact that you love us. Thank you for those things that you've done in our lives this past year that you've helped us with. Things that we weren't sure how they were going to turn out. Uh, You are a real God that's active in our lives. And we thank you for that. God, will you show us things in our heart, just maybe sin that we need to confess to you? God, we want to cast our our fears onto you, the things that we were just holding on to and worried about. God, will you take those from us and relieve us from that pressure that we face? We do want to lift your name up above all names. Thank you for your word and really the testimony of David and how he encourages us as he really experienced how good you are. You are the same to him as you are to us, and we thank you for that. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.